praise the Lord. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separation and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a dissent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We know that as the Declaration of Independence. We are celebrating, and I want to thank you for being here on this 4th of July. I know many of you could be many other places, but I thank God that you've chosen to be here. We celebrate this day because our forefathers and our 13 original colonies, in the midst of a war, made that declaration and came together and signed that on July 4th, 1776 now that was a declaration but what followed there was years of bloody war in order to ensure the rights of a free people in a free nation the declaration was made as the battle continued but I'll declare to you today that we as the liberated body of Christ who are no longer under the tight-fisted control nor the tyranny of a wicked, evil taskmaster. We are no longer under the controls of sin and sorrow. That the battle was raged 2,000 years ago and won, and the declaration was made. One scripture I want to read to you today, and that is in John the 19th chapter in the 30th verse. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, three of the most profound words in all of eternity that continue to echo and echo and echo and echo. It is finished. Bowing his head, he gave up his spirit. Was it taken from him? He had all authority over life. He could have stepped down from the cross at any moment. In those six hours that he hung there, he said, it is finished. That word in Greek is translated to telestai, to telestai. And it's interesting as I look at that, that word in Greek has a few meanings few emphasis and I'd like to share that with you today as we talk about the Declaration of Independence 2,000 years ago and our declaration Jesus declaration over his church is it is finished to tell us die that word there means it means several things but it is an exclamation stating that it was finished when a servant would go out for a master, he would go out to um, accomplish a task or a mission. And when he would come back, his master would ask him or inquire, 
was your mission and what I sent you to do, is it complete? And his response would be to tell us, Don. It is finished. Nothing more need be done. Nothing else needs to be accomplished. It is complete. It is accomplished. When Jesus made that declaration, he was declaring throughout all of eternity, the mission is complete. It's finished. It also has a meaning, as we look at this this morning, not only means whenever a, a servant goes out and accomplish and he says, I have done exactly what you have requested, the mission is now accomplished, it also, in the secular sense, in Greek, it means to give a full payment to Telestai. It means that they were, if you went out and you had a piece of property, anybody ever paid off a house, sold a house and you went and bought another house, sold a car and went and bought another car, some of you may be buying your first car. Once you get that paid off and they send in and they transfer the title out of the lender's hands and they give it into your hands, they'll take a stamp and they'll stamp it paid in full. Paid in full. That's all the way back biblical days, the same thing was true. They would stamp on there the telestai, paid in full. When Jesus said it was finished, he said, nothing more need be done, Father. It is complete. But then he would go on to say to you and I, the debt has been paid in full. The debt has been paid in full. Now, one other meaning there of that word in Greek can mean this. It means a passing from one season to another season it means uh, you, you move in from one area into another area when Jesus said it is finished he declared the mission is complete the debt has been paid now the old covenant is passing now the new covenant is coming into play Moving from an old season of sacrificial system into a new reality, the law has been fulfilled through Christ Jesus, and now what man was unable and unable to do, they can now do through the power of the new nature that takes residence inside every person who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior. And so there's a passing away of the old and there's entering into the new. There's a passing away of things of the past to step in to the things that are new. One final meaning of that word, to telestai. To telestai was the Hebrew equivalent of a word uttered by the high priest. See, on the Day of Atonement, the high priest would prepare himself through ritual washings and preparation. There would be a bull that would be sacrificed for the high priest's sin. Now, on the Day of Atonement, there was no one else that would enter in to the temple, the tabernacle area, except for the high priest. He would sacrifice the bull, 
He would go in and he would not start at the brazen altar, nor at the laver, nor at the showbread, but he would take the blood and he would go in through the veil after he had placed the, the censer filled with all the aromatic beauty and all of the, the cloud would begin to feel the holies of holies. And in so doing, he would come in and seven times he would sprinkle the blood of the bull upon the Ark of the Covenant. And he would go out and there would be two goats. The one would be the sacrifice for the sins of the nation. The other would be the scapegoat. He would cast lots. And then he would take the blood of the goat and he would go in again to the holies of holies. And he would do the same, the same thing he did with the blood of the bull. The sacrifice for his sin and then the sacrifice for the nation. And he would fill that holies of holies with the cloud of the, from the altar of incense and the censer that he would have. He would set it in there and fill up the holies of holies. He would take the blood sacrifice for the nation and he would cast seven times. He would go out to the door and he would lay hands and profess all of the sins on the other goats. And he would cast that goat out, and that goat would go out as a representation that sin had not only been dealt with, atoned for, covered up, but now all of the sins were to be pushed away from the nation of Israel, never more to be seen. After which he would go through a ritual cleansing once again. And then there would be two burnt offerings, two rams, as a testament that Israel would continue to walk in the statutes for another year. And there was only a covering. But at the end of the Day of Atonement, he would stand after all was said and done, and he would declare to the people, it is finished. It is finished. Now the challenge was this. It was only finished for that year. But the next year, there would be a remembrance of sin because man had not fulfilled a complete sacrifice. And so now, the high priest had to go through the whole process again until the high priest came and made one sacrifice for all humanity. For all humanity. And when he made that sacrifice for all of humanity, of sins past, sin present, and sin in the future, for every individual, he declared, Father, I have completed the task that you set before me to tell us time. Lord, Father, I have paid in full the sin debt that was against humanity. Father, there is a passing of the old, and now there's a renewing of the new. But more importantly, to all of humanity in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ today, hear the words echoing now from Calvary, where the Lord Jesus declared, It is finished! It's finished! Now, why is that important for you and I? Because we, as we step into this, I want to, the title of this message is simply this, Starting at Finished. 
starting at finished. Could you imagine for a moment, now I'm not talking to your neighbor, though your neighbor probably needs this. I'm not talking to your spouse, though your spouse may benefit from this. I'm, ta- I'm not talking to the, just the people listening in or the people on the street. I'm talking to you individually today. And I want you to ask yourself this question. What would my life look like if I truly believed that everything needed for my life, liberty, and my pursuit of joy was complete? And I didn't have to do anything else but receive the identity that has been given to me by the Father through the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ. I will say to you today, to echo Tim Keller, he said Christianity is the only religion that identity is not earned, it is not achieved. Identity is not achieved in Christianity. Identity is received. You can't earn your identity in Christ. That's called works. You cannot be good enough to be good enough to get out of this world unscathed. You cannot step into eternity and stand before God and say to the Lord, I'm standing here on my own righteousness, my own merit, and my own ability. You cannot enter in through your goodness because there's no goodness on earth that be good enough to get you to the place that God wants you to be. But the Lord has bestowed upon you the body of Christ, those who accepted him as Lord and Savior, an identity that is yours through Jesus Christ. How much different would my life be if I wholly and totally received the identity of Christ? There are three basic needs of every individual. Love, acceptance, and security. Love, acceptance, and security. If I would say to you today, how many have lived, and don't, I'm not looking for a show of hands, but maybe you can gather some identity with this some some you've been there maybe you're there today when you think about the Lord there's this overwhelming sense you don't know where it's coming from you don't know where it's causing it but there is an overwhelming sense of lack inside of you to where you feel like you don't quite measure up to what it is and where it is and who you should be you feel this overwhelming sense that somewhere in your makeup that even when you pursue God you you can't find that place in yourself to feel that love acceptance and security and it manifests itself in your life to declare to you once again when I spoke to you Wednesday night. My belief is evidenced by my behavior. My belief can be seen by how I behave. 
Fair? So, too often, we as the body of Christ, we come in as a covenant people of God. We have a grasp inside of our, our thought life and in our, in, our, in our mind that God is God and we are His. But all of our behavior does not reflect that. I'm not talking about sin in the gross sense of the word. I'm talking about liberty and freedom and walking and living according to God. What if I told you today, you have been predestined in Jesus Christ to be a child of his? How much different would your life be if you truly believed God loves you? Maybe this is for your neighbor. You can respond. It won't scare me. How much different would your life be if you really understood that you don't start, you don't work to the cross, you work from the cross. And the battle that our forefathers, they, they made that declaration knowing that there's going to be a bloodbath in this nation. In order to accomplish the freedom that they sought the Lord for and what they understood to break the hold of the tyranny of another nation, that there was going to be blood that was going to be shed on the streets, there were battles that were going to be fought. So they made that declaration. We declare our independence from that tyranny. But when Jesus Christ came, he fought the battle for us and then he made that declaration it is finished the battle is won now the veil that will stand between you and me and me and you that veil of the temple that represented the flesh of humanity that barrier between me and you it was torn the Bible says from top to bottom not from bottom to top you can't enter into the place of holiness by yourself you can pull with all of your might you're not going to tear that veil in two but God the Father through the power of the blood of Jesus Christ it was torn in too, to say my children can now live in me and I can live in them how much different would your life be today if you knew that you knew that you knew that you're loved even though you may have had circumstances in your life in a childhood experience and maybe you're going through maybe the most difficult physical emotional trial that you've been in but I say to you, don't, don't try to reach finish. Start from finish. Start knowing this, I am loved of God. God loves me. And because he loves me, I can now love him. Because he loved me first, I can now experience that first love. And I can walk in that love. And maybe an area we struggle with uh, even more than the love uh, is the acceptance. I believe it goes hand in hand. But when we understand we are accepted in God and the Lord's declared it is finished, the task is complete. You don't have to do anything else in order to be accepted but to, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. 
and in him you are now accepted and some of you are thinking through the religious eyewear or maybe through uh, maybe even more than that I won't discredit you that much uh, you're saying uh, oh preacher you're preaching some sort of liberal gospel that doesn't require anything from anybody no what I'm saying to you is that when you understand your identity in Christ uh, and you know that you're a child of God uh, you're not gonna want to go back to the pig pen you're not going to want to go back to that place. Why? Because there's a new nature living on the inside of you. There's a nature that says, I'm loved of God, and everything I have is because God loves me, and everything that I will be is because he loves me, and I don't have to work anymore for my acceptance. I'm accepted in Christ Jesus. There's some lingering in the thought life many times as we as children of God it's not a loud thundering voice it's just a small shadowy whisper you're not measuring up there's something in your past that tells you you, you rejected once you'll be rejected again you're, you're hurt once you'll be hurt again you were despised once and you were put out and you weren't sheltered and it just you weren't you weren't brought in you were you were pushed out and father left you when you were young and a mother abused you when you were a child and you were you were shunned as a as a as a student in school and there's these things that are so woven into us that just declares rejection, rejection, rejection. That it's hard to receive what Jesus has given you. And it just lingers in your thoughts, not as a thundering, but as a whisper. How do we know this? Because we feel this angst. We feel this angst that we're just not quite what we need to be. So we run here and there and trying to find that sense of validation. Love, acceptance, and security. And so there's this lingering fear. Things are going to crumble around you. And you're going to implode. All the wreckage and the ruin is going to consume you. But how much different would we live if we stopped for a moment, took a breath, allow our thoughts to settle, and say, Lord, you love me. Lord, you accept me. And Lord, you have brought to me security. I don't have to live in fear anymore. I don't have to live with this impending sense of doom anymore. Why? Because I'm loved. I am loved. And I am accepted. And I am secure. I'm safe. 
oh, there's been a world, and oh, we, I don't even want to say it. I don't want to say the C word, and I don't want to say the P word. I don't even have to say it. I don't have to, I want to talk to you about the variants. I don't want to talk to you about the, 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 the inability to find the, the least amount of security in the world. The world will not give you security. But let me tell you, there's one who causes us to be secure, and in his name, his name is a strong tower, and the righteous, those that have been cleansed in his blood, can run into there and be safe in the name of Jesus. We're secure. So what I'm asking you is this. How much different would your life be if you lived loved, if you journey through life with full acceptance of the Father, how different would your life be without fear? Lingering about, I say to you, to tell us that. It's finished. It's finished. You don't have to work in order to get to that point you cannot even begin to work hard enough to get to that point and some of you have been there for years trying to work your way into that place where you feel secure and every time you get to that pinnacle all of a sudden you discover that it's not quite what you imagined and now there's so many other failures that are being revealed in and through your nature but when you step into relationship with God, you can step into the security of the Lord and take confidence in the midst of the storm that his love, his acceptance, and his security will keep you away from those things. And God will ensure your safety and well-being in him. See how much different life be if we knew if we knew see I believe with all of my heart God has purposed this church along with the church to be a part of the move of his spirit in these last days and I'm not just talking about the 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 spirit of God flowing in this house I'm talking about the spirit of in some futuristic date I'm talking about the Spirit of God flowing in your life now. The Spirit of God moving now. To be free from fear today. To be liberated from the, the, the charity of the enemy today. That when he said it's finished, he didn't mean for you to be finished. To you to wait till you get to your finish. As Andrea talked about in life class this morning, what need do you have of victory when you get to heaven? What need is there for victory when you get to heaven? You need victory now, right now. Right now, your body needs to be healed. Right now, your mind be, needs to be at peace. Right now, your relationships need to be restored. Well, I'll get there one day. I'll make my journey. Praise God, I'll suffer my way through. I'll beat myself bragging, but I'll get there. Bless God, God's a wonderful God. Glory to his name. Come on. Come on. 
you believe that when the Lord said it is finished? Father, I it's the what you set before me I have accomplished. In the garden I declared not my will but thy will be done. I will rescue humanity for you, Father. Not because you are angry, but because you are full of love and you want the world to see. Because when they see me in the flesh, they will see you. I will be, you are my father and you will be their father. And they will enter into that relationship with you. And now we will walk together. They will know the love that I have for you and the love you have for me. Because you will be in them and your love will tell them you are accepted. You are secure. You are are loved of me. Let me tell you, the rescue of humanity is not let me be careful to word this correctly. We in Christian circles in the Western world in our modern age have come to the place, and I say this, and I'm going to continue to say it till we fully understand it. God the Father had intended for you to be his child before the foundation of time. Jesus Christ was going to come in the flesh and become eternally human so that you and I may be in relationship with the Father. There were two paths that were offered because we're made in the, bearing, in the image of the Father, thus we have choice. And even at the risk that we chose death, God the Father took that risk because he wanted relationship with you. There was a tree of life, and there was a tree of death knowledge of good and evil man chose death do not point your finger at God and say God put sickness on me that is not God man chose sickness man chose disease man chose broken relationship man chose because man had a choice but the father's love was so rich and so real and so great and so vast that we cannot even fathom and even at the choice of making the wrong choice Jesus Christ came to undo the first Adam by becoming the last Adam there don't need to be a there doesn't need to be another Adam there is only the last Adam and he undid the death, the, the, the rejection, and all of those things in the tree that we would call the cross is the tree of death. He brought forth life so that now we as a body of Christ may enter into adoption with the rights and the privileges. It is finished. My sin debt has been paid in full. I don't have to work or do any other thing because he finished the task. And now it's finished. I'm not who I was.
I'm not who I was. Oh, that's, that work days are over. <laughs> oh, I tell you, as Paul said, it, 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 I'm working harder, but it's not me. It's the grace that's in me that's working. It's not that you forego the, the work of the kingdom of God. I'm just not trying to get to the cross. I'm working from the cross because I'm working from the completed work. I'm working from the full payment of my sin. I'm working from the completed mission of God. And now I don't want those things that I had before. What's the answer to the fallen man? The risen man. Jesus Christ lives on the inside of the heart of every born-again believer. And it's more than some mental ascent. It is a transformation. It's information that comes by inspiration of the Spirit. And when it comes into our heart and we discover, I can't do any more, but I long to be saved. Lord, save me. I want to be a child of God. By his spirit enters in, transforms my nature. I'm not who I was. I'm a new creature in Christ. And now I'm on a journey of discovery. Lord, I want to know who you are so that I may walk in your knowledge and in your image and in your likeness, not in my ability, not by might, nor by power. Not by my might, nor by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Identity is not achieved. Identity is received. It's received. I'm not the dejected, rejected, abused child who has to continue to overcome the physical, emotional, and sexual abuse. I'm not the addict that I was. I'm not, the, uh, I'm not a drug addict and a drunk. That was what was given to me at birth in the first Adam. But when I came into my family, when I eh, found my father, Now my father says, that's not who you are. This is who you are. You're loved, you're accepted, and you're secure. You're loved. You are loved, you are accepted, and you are secure in Christ Jesus. If I don't feel loved, I'm not in Christ. If I don't feel accepted, then I'm not in Christ. If I am overcome with fear, and I'm not telling you that fear is not a reality, we all experience fear. Fear is that little whisper in the back of your mind. That little clouds of darkness that needs the light to come on. We lived in a house one time where you'd open the door and the lights came on. I pray the Lord put some lights in some closets. <laughs> so when you open those doors, 
now you can see. Love statement. Okay, I'll give her credit. You know she said it anyway. Light. Randall, what was the speed of light? 187,000 miles per second. 187,000 miles per second. That's the speed of light. Light has all of these parameters, has all of these dynamics, has all of these, just, just, it, it's incredible what, what all the laws of light are. Laws being this is what it can do and what it can't do. And, but you know what the, the only law of darkness is, and I'm telling you this because some of you are not in life class and you're not listening, so you need to hear it. There's only one law of darkness, and that is simply this. It can only exist where it's allowed. It can only exist where it's allowed. So if you're allowing this spirit of darkness to sit over you and say to you, you poor baby, you are not loved. See how they are treating you. How badly you are no longer accepted. Oh, why? Stump your toes, suck your thumb, fall in a corner. Amen? We all find ourselves at those places where we, we just want to wall, we just want to, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say it. We're going to waller in our self-pity. Poor, pitiful me. Maybe you've never done that. I've done that. Poor, pitiful me. Nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. Nobody. I'm feeling the spirit of Grinch. Come on, man. <laughs> Jim. My heart has shrunk five inches. This time I will keep it off. I'm not promoting that. It's just funny. We've all found ourselves in those places. My pastor used to tell me I need to check up from the neck up. Where is my thoughts? What filth has come into my mind that tells me that I'm an emotional wreck and I can't make it on my own and I'm everything that that stepfather said about me. I'm everything that that situation declared about me. That is darkness and the best cure for darkness is light. The best cure for darkness is let the light of God's word come in. Now, one of the greatest, most comforting rebukes I've ever gotten from God is when I was at a place of extreme difficulty. And it wasn't that the situation wasn't real. And it wasn't that the, the people were not railing against me. And it wasn't that they didn't want to set me on fire and watch me burn physically. It wasn't any of those things. It, all of that reality was there. But I found myself in a place of whining and complaining before God. Anybody ever been there? Say ouch or amen. You find yourself there. And I'm there just wallowing in my self-pity. Rolling over and over my mind. About how my victory is not being won because of these people, Lord, you gave me. And as I'm there, the Lord spoke this word to me that I would never forget. He said, son, 
if you want to fellowship with me, you got to do so in the light. I'm not going to fellowship in the darkness. You know what I just got? I got myself a full-fledged spanking. And it felt good. Why? Because it changed that moment. 20 years ago, it changed that moment. I'm like, maybe it was more like 25. I don't, a long, long time ago. I was like, yes, yes, yes. God wants to fellowship with me, but he's not going to do it in my darkness. He's going to do it in the light of his word. So step back into Christ and say, Lord, yes, you want to fellowship with me. Let me say to you again in closing. You are loved, you're accepted, and you're secure. You are loved, you're accepted, and you're secure if you are in Christ Jesus. Stand to your feet. Worship team, make your way up. Starting at finished. Starting at finished. We're going to do this today. We're going to wait just a moment on the Lord. If you're in this house today and you did not and you would like to participate in communion, this is going to be our altar call today. You did not receive. Maybe sit back down just a second. We'll get up in a minute. You're in the balcony or you're on the floor and you did not receive or you're on the stage you did not get the emblems today I want you to raise your hand the guys are going to come around you'll see that there's these are two you got the bread on top and the juice on the bottom there so there's two openers please don't eat the plastic you did not receive a uh, bread and the juice, just raise your hand. Raise your hand. They'll, they'll get it to you. Over here, my right, your left. Lance, go ahead and help them if you will. Anybody up here? Anybody? everybody receive okay now we can stand with me before we partake. I am loved. I am accepted. I am secure. I am loved. I am accepted. I am secure. Father, 
I thank you today for the sacrifice of your son. That, Lord, you have undone the first Adam by becoming the last Adam. That, Lord, you are the perfect human representation in the Trinity so that we may have fellowship with the Father. We are children of God, and in you, we are truly loved. We are truly accepted, and we are truly secure. Thank you. Let us eat. Now, Father, as we have accepted and identified as the body of Christ, Lord, we see what this cup represents. That when the high priest, year after year, on the Day of Atonement would stand and declare, it is finished. Lord, we stand today and accept the completed work of Christ that we commit Lord today that by the revelation of the Spirit we will walk in newness of mind and that Lord we will start at finished thank you thank you thank you let us drink in your own way praise him praise him praise him Lord you're worthy you are worthy you are worthy you are worthy Lord God you are worthy praise and honor and glory Lord thank you thank you thank you thank you Lord. hallelujah aren't you glad you came to church Praise God. Praise God. Two things I want to do before we dismiss, or three things actually. I want to give you announcements in just a moment. But I, I believe we need to celebrate, and I want to ask Kenny Murdoch if he'll come up. And uh, we want to celebrate. Uh, he is the chapter president of uh, Christian Motorcycle Association. He's got a little praise report he'd like to share with you. Hey, uh, CMA was born more than 45 years ago. Little Baptist preacher trying to reconnect with his son, bought a couple of motorcycles, took off to a rally, and then God got involved. CMA was born. Now we're in every state in the U.S., almost all the foreign countries. And through that, <clears throat> a ministry was born called Run for the Sun, S-O-N that son the first Saturday in May CMA members all over the world take off on a ride and through our monies and monies that we get from sponsors like my church some of you individuals we broke records this year and one of the worst craziest years we've had through CMA we raised our chapter raised over $16,000 praise God CMA as a whole 
raised over five and a quarter million dollars. We, as CMA members, winning the world one heart at a time, minister to bikers, anybody that'll listen to us through a servant ministry. Our ministry, our leadership also decided, well, we need a way to, to sponsor this evangelistic outreach. And so 40% of that money, and I might add, every penny goes to ministry. Nothing goes to administration. 40% is used through CMA to minister through bikers across the U.S., wherever. 20% goes to the Jesus Film Project. 1,900 language transformed into their own language to tell people in foreign countries everywhere about the story of Christ. Open Doors is a ministry of delivering Bibles into closed countries that they'll kill you for to take the word of God in there, smuggle them in. The one that I'm most excited about is Missionary Ventures. Missionary Ventures takes motorcycles, bicycles, horses, buggies, boats, yaks, snowmobiles, camels, whatever it takes to deliver the word to the people. Our chapter, by raising over 15,000, the portion of that that goes to Missionary Ventures, which is 20%, we are able to sponsor a motorcycle three years in a row. Praise God. One of our major goals. Takes a pastor that walks to everywhere he goes. Now he can hop on a motorcycle, go where it took days to walk to administer to a church, can do it in a matter of hours. The multiplication factor of those dollars that we raise, nowhere short of heaven will we'll ever know how many people our numbers show that at least 80 cents of every dollar is contributed to winning a soul to Christ. Take that, divide it into five and a quarter million dollars. We just had a victory. Yeah. Thank you Amen. to the people that supported us and to our pastor. Thank you. Again. Praise God. Praise the Lord. I share that with you because we need to celebrate because there's so many different ministries. We want you to get involved in some area of ministry and just know that your gift makes a difference. Uh, today is the last day uh, for the girls to register for girls day camp. Uh, and that's going to be on July the 24th. So see Miss Patty out of the foyer. Also, you see the tables. Uh, we're raising funds to go to Puebla. If you like a T-shirt or earrings, uh, can't try to find my the ones the earrings I want to get just yet. But anyway, also the Flourish Women's uh, Ministry is going to be meeting on the 9th uh, Friday uh, for prayer at seven o'clock. If you're interested in a license to carry, there's a class being offered on July the 10th. Also on July the 10th, big day, uh, empty nesters will be gathering uh, there at 5 o'clock. They're going to be over soul mans. And so I was asked to encourage you, if you're going, uh, please sign up in the foyer. And it's always a great time. That's going to be for the empty nesters. Uh, also, uh, we're going to need your help a week from Tuesday. We're going to be hosting the North Texas Food Bank. And uh, we need lots of bodies. They're not bringing volunteers anymore. It's entirely up to us. We'll have to sack up the groceries. We need as much help as we can get. And so that's going to be on Tuesday, uh, July 13th. And that'll be the second Tuesday of every month. Also, there's going to be a swim party for the youth. 
or a, or a summer party and that's going to be at the Joneses and that's going to be from 6 to 10 p.m. and that's going to be next Saturday. Now, before we take up the offering, I'm going to take just one more moment and I'm going to ask Ryan and Crystal, our brand new, newly transplanted youth pastors all the way from California. Come on down, come on down, let them see you. Just greet them as say a good old, we've been working on y'all. I tell them we don't use howdy too much, but y'all. And so give them your best y'all and, and say something here. Now, I heard y'all is singular, but all y'all is plural. Am I right? Yeah. Hi, all y'all. <laughs> we are so, so glad to be here. Just even before stepping up here, getting here this morning for our first Sunday, just the outpouring of warm wishes and blessings and uh, gift cards. Uh, it touches my heart to know that for us, we've been seeking this a long time. I know for you, it's been a year of transition. For us, it's only been a matter of months since we initially had our first phone call. But we know that God has orchestrated us being here today and being with you. And it feels so far like a seamless transition. We're blessed, beyond blessed to be here with y'all. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I love you guys. Um, I'm known for just saying a few words, but um, I just want to say thank you so much for everybody who's reached out on Facebook or sending a card or um, it means so much to know that we're already part of this church and this community. So, And I'm working on my y'all, just so you know. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We love these guys. Put your hands this way. We're going to bless them. We're going to bless the offering, and we're going to be dismissed today. Father, we just magnify your name. I believe that, Lord, there is a supernatural importation and favor that's going to rest upon Ryan and Crystal and their family. Lord, I pray and I believe, Lord, that there's going to be youth that are going to be drawn to them. They're going to begin to see, Lord God, the supernatural, Lord God, begin to take place in their ministry and in their life. And, Lord, I just thank you for the favor that you rest upon them in your name. Lord, I pray today that you will bless the gift and the giver, Lord. We pray today as we give our offerings to you, Lord. I pray a blessing in the storehouse, a blessing in the field. I pray for favor, Lord. Favor upon your children, Lord, as they go out in labor, Lord. I believe they will rise to the top. That, Lord, they will be noticed, Lord. They will have promotion, Lord God. They will have abundance, Lord. There may be famine all around, but, Lord, there's going to be abundance in your storehouse. There will be abundance upon your children. And, Lord, we bless this offering to the furtherance of your kingdom. And everybody said amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have a great rest of the day. Enjoy yourself and be safe on this 4th of July. <laughs>